Sam, you and I have been talking about housing now for a couple of years, and uh, your team's analysis of this has been spot on and the strength and resilience. What should we be looking for to see if there's any sign of that fading? You know, Oliver, we really don't, uh, not in the near term. It's just, you know, continues to be buoyed by the historic supply and demand shortage, as you pointed out, we've been talking about for years. And actually, the last time I was on the show was prior to, to the COVID crisis. And uh, the demand side of that equation has just increased exponentially post-COVID as the demand for single family has just increased uh, well beyond our expectations and clearly market participants. And that demand is just met with historic supply, um, uh, supply shortage rather. But, uh, you know, the today's housing starts number, uh, you know, while it's down nine and a half percent month over month, I think it's just worth noting that uh, starts will continue to help, hopefully uh, reduce that supply shortage. So we, we expect more and more uh, housing supply to come online, which is you know really positive for growth. And in our, our view, the, the housing market just continues to be supported by this healthy supply and demand dynamic. What do you make of the uh, declines that we've seen in lumber over the past week uh, for the first time in months? I mean, this has been an incredible chart to look at and reflecting some of those supply constraints. Is that just a supply chain story or should we read into anything from lumber as uh, weakening demand? You know, we, we definitely think it's a supply uh, constraint and I think lumber is really kind of a testament to some of the supply constraints that are going on all over the, the U.S. economy as we continue to reopen. Uh, we think that this expansion clearly is uh, going to be pretty historic. Uh, it's been, you know, uh, the, the rising demand as we start to re really reopen here, just given the uh, reduction in the mask mandates uh, really nationwide as the economy continues to open up. Uh, we're just going to see some historic growth numbers uh, and, and just some historic supply constraints, and lumber is really a testament to that. Uh, but we just think that the the Fed policy and the fiscal policy that uh, has been thrown onto this, what we expect to continue to be a historic recovery is, is fueling you know, asset price inflation and we'll continue to see that filter through through all the inflation data as we look ahead into, into uh, the second half of 2021 and into 2022. So Sam, where does uh, an investor think about getting exposure to it at this point? A lot of folks were playing this trade through the commodity space. What about in housing specifically? Are there certain uh, ways that uh, still look like there's more uh, juice to be squeezed here? Yeah, so you know where we participate, Oliver, as you, as you know, are in the U.S. structured credit markets and predominantly mortgage credit. Uh, and mortgage credit risk, primarily through non-agency RMBS, continues to, to be well supported by these favorable fundamental housing trends as the underlying collateral for these securities continues to increase. And uh, as you probably know, the most recent Case-Shiller Index was up 12% year over year. So rising home prices really supports that, that credit backdrop. But we still think that there's some room to go from a spreads perspective and, 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 and the spaces and, and the areas in which we focus in mortgage credit, uh, you know, still Still, from a spread perspective, still wider than where we were pre-COVID in some in some sectors uh, within the RMBS space, and and also favoring uh, you know uh, portions of the ABS market. So uh, you know more tied to the U.S. consumer, which is still uh, in excellent shape. We really like the U.S. consumer and U.S. mortgage credit going into COVID and coming out of COVID. That's that's increased even more so. So we like those areas not only for that fundamental credit backdrop, but we really like them too in this lower for longer uh, environment because they have high current income with a lot less interest rate sensitivity, which we think is important 
given the inflation backdrop and some of the recent inflation prints that, that we've seen most notably in the, in the recent CPI numbers. But uh, we expect those, those high inflation prints to continue uh, throughout the, the latter half of 2021 and into 2022. Mm. To that point, we see on your notes here that uh, you're cautious towards long duration uh, assets and fixed income. It sounds like you very much have inflation on the mind. Uh, what, how does that connect in with potential to change the tailwind of interest rates as far as new applications and mortgage apps goes? Should we expect some volatility perhaps in the mortgage app story? Because so far it's been quite resilient to any change in rates, maybe given just the absolute level that we're still at. Yeah, it's an excellent point. We've certainly been talking to a lot of our clients about that recently, and and you know you did see an uptick in, in mortgage rates, clearly off of all-time lows. Uh, but the you know we've been reminding clients that again we are basically still at historic lows. If you look at 30-year mortgage rates as a benchmark there, but while we are cautious and and uh, uh, towards long-term risk-free rates and, and the potential for those to continue to rise. Uh, in the second half and into 2022, we think mortgage rates will be quite resilient, not, not only due to the, the Fed's historic QE4, which we don't see ending anytime soon, uh, but also the, uh, a strange nuance in the mortgage market, the, the primary secondary mortgage spread. So mortgage originators were uh, capturing a very wide spread on the historic demand uh, for refinance activity that we saw coming out of COVID, uh, and mortgage originators were, were doing quite well. I think that was a, you know, a testament to all the uh, IPO activity that we saw for the originators in 2020, uh, but as as you know, uh, we, we expect more origination from those, uh, more activity from those originators uh, this year. We we expect a narrowing in that primary secondary spread, which should ultimately keep the end rate to consumers uh, at a much more manageable level. So that's why you haven't seen mortgage rates really rise to the extent of where you've seen long-term risk-free rates. So we think that's supportive. We also point to just how deep in the money uh, still most Americans are. If you look at the the Morgan Stanley Truly Refinanceable Index today, we're still approaching about 60% of, of borrowers today still in the money from a refinance perspective. So we, uh, you know, while we have seen a lot of refi activity, we expect more. Um, and, and we also just expect this historic surge in home prices to create more housing activity, which mm. should also uh, increase a, a lot of whether it be purchase apps or refinance applications uh, for mortgages.